0: It's not my job to take care of their feelings. It's actually respectful and benevolent for me to allow an adult human being to process their own emotion.
1: Welcome to Therapist Uncensored. Building on decades of professional experience, this podcast tackles neurobiology, modern attachment, and more in an honest way that's helpful in healing humans. Your session begins now with Dr. Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott.
2: We talk a lot about getting a really good night's sleep and anything you can do to help with that is going to promote your mental health, your physical health, your relationships, everything. So thinking about what you sleep on is important. I love my cozy earth sheets. So I've had the bedding, we've had the bedding for a while now, I guess I think over a year. I can really tell the difference. They're very temperature regulating. I sleep hot. I don't feel so hot with these. And they just get softer and softer over the the period of time of owning them. So give it a try. They are made from naturally sourced premium viscose from highly sustainable bamboo. So like I mentioned, it's naturally temperature regulating, breathable, soft. You can try them for 100 days sleep on them every night, wash them. If you don't love them, return them for a 100% refund. And what I love about Cozy Earth, they don't just have sheets. They also have ultra soft loungewear, pants, tees, pajamas, even joggers, pullovers, hoodies. They have everything for everybody's body type. And all of that is made of really comfortable, comfortable fabric. You're gonna love it. If you've never tried Cozy Earth, the good news, you can save up to 35% off Cozy Earth right now. To hurry, this offer doesn't last. Go to CozyEarth.com and enter our promo code TU at checkout for up to 35% off your first order. So that's CozyEarth.com, promo code TU. CozyEarth.com. Give it a try.
1: Howdy. This is Jack Anderson, Sue and Ann's audio editor. It's pretty exciting around here now that their book is available for pre-order at securerelatingbook.com. And if you haven't heard about the upcoming conference, you'll be interested to know that you can now reserve your seat and learn from Ann and Sue directly in person. Modern Attachment, Bridging the Science to Real Life, is an advanced clinical conference that will refresh your ideas about what attachment really means, teach you how to use important findings from relational neuroscience, And we'll also address systems, culture, and context that impacts national security. Find out more at tu.com slash conference. We recommend signing up early to make sure you get a seat. That said, in preparation for an upcoming second interview with Julianne Shore, we're re-releasing this popular and practical episode, How Good Boundaries Actually Bring Us Closer, to get you all caught up. Enjoy.
3: We are super excited (laughs) to have Jules here in the studio with us. Her name is Julianne Taylor Shore and she has been in private practice for 10 years. She founded IPNB Psychotherapy of Austin. That is a postgraduate training center for therapists and it's an affordable counseling program in the community. And she is heavily influenced by IPNB, which is interpersonal neurobiology, neuroscience in general, philosophy, biology, and physics. So let's just jump right in.
0: I love talking about boundaries because I'm really interested in interpersonal neurobiology. And I think good boundaries actually bring us closer to the people we care about. A lot of people get afraid when they hear the word boundary because they'll think... That, that somebody has a stick up their rear or something like right. that. Right. <laughs> or, oh, well, if I'm really separate from my partner, if I have this really good psychological boundary, that's actually going to make me feel further away. But it won't. Or it sounds rejecting. If I have a really good boundary, am I going to actually reject my husband, my wife, my kid, my best friend?
3: Or, or reject them or just hurt their feelings. Or D- hurt their feelings. Disappoint them.
0: All of that would be a rupture in some way that would tear us apart right but my message for every client i've ever worked with about boundaries is actually that it brings us closer together and so that's why i love talking about it because i'm such a relational relationships are the healing agent and i want to bring us closer to relationship and so so you're saying boundaries then that are, se- are the way <laughs> so, so <laughs> or one of them so setting
3: boundaries yes. is a way to be closer with someone that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> okay so what do you think Anne?
2: I'm totally interested. You know, I I think what you're saying also is, why do you think our initial reaction to the word boundary feels almost slightly negative? It's a little prickly. It does. It's like a prickly feeling, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it is. I think that's because we get taught that they're punishing, and they're not. Do you guys know Cheryl Strayed? She wrote wild. She wrote beautiful oh, yeah, yeah. things. Yes, yes. She has that great like short book with the quotes in it. The little green covered one. I can't remember the name of it now. I have this quote from her. Can I read it? Please. Oh, is that cool? Okay. f up people will try to tell you otherwise, but boundaries have nothing to do with whether you love someone or not. They are not judgments, punishments or betrayals. They are purely peaceable thing. The basic principles you identify for yourself that define the behaviors you will tolerate from others, as well as the responses you will have to those behaviors. Boundaries teach people how to treat you, and they teach you how to respect yourself.
3: There you go. That's not prickly. Okay, I'm no longer prickly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And when she's talking about that, she's really talking about one of what I classify as three types of boundaries. So she's talking about more of the external or behavioral boundary. So let's say my husband wanted me to do something different with parenting our kid, which happens all the time. My husband's fabulous, and he's really good at communicating. And so we have lots of really in-depth discussions about how to parent our child. And we sometimes have different ideas. So let's say he... He felt a little undermined by an interaction. We had sort of the three of us together, and he was asking for something. Well, I might set a boundary where I say, I absolutely want to support you and have you feel really supported by me as a parent. And I got to say, love, that thing that you did, I actually can't be verbally supportive of it because I actually don't like that thing. Would it be okay if when that happens, I support you in a different way. And what's great is when we exert that kind of boundary where it's a little nuanced, it can get us into a discussion with our partners where now we're co-creating the kind of experience we want because he can come back because he has a good psychological boundary Yay, hubby. And he can say, oh, you know, I see what you're saying about this. What if we had this kind of interaction with her? Yes, I can be completely supportive of that. Now we're in a different space where we're saying, oh, let's parent our daughter in this way. And if I hadn't stood up and said, actually, to be wholeheartedly behind, that feels like I'm compromising myself. That doesn't feel good to me. But let me tell you what would feel good to me. Let me tell you how I can be supportive. Does that make sense?
2: Oh, yeah, completely. One of the things I like about that is it's requiring both the understanding of yourself and the other person. Yes. Right. For you to be able to come back and go, you're not judging him and telling him it's wrong. You're coming back and talking like, that doesn't work for me. I want to support you. Doesn't work for me.
0: Yes. So there's room. I kind of think we we talk about having air between the two of you. Yes. Yes. Air between the two of you is so perfect. And I think you have to be able to do the two other kinds of boundaries in order to do the external or behavioral boundary well.
3: Yeah, because actually what I was thinking was that all sounds great. How? <laughs> How do you do that, Jen? Like, right? You know, when, but you, when you're upset with him for doing something kind of wacky with your right. child. Like maybe he raised his voice really yeah, fast exactly. in a way. Or,
0: or actually this discussion was around... He had executed a boundary with her without giving her a warning, but she's four. So for me, a four-year-old is probably not developmentally capable of remembering. So I want to give them a warning every time. So let's say she wasn't answering her father. He asked her a question and we're trying to teach her to be responsive. That's part of being a good relational person. We want her to answer him. And I might want to give a warning before, oh, hon, you know, if you can't answer daddy, I'm going to have to turn the TV off rather than saying, that's it, TV's off. Right? So the first one feels better to me than the second one. Well, now we can talk about that. But I think where you're going is yeah, Jules, sounds good. You're <laughs> not supposed to do that in the moment. Exactly. <laughs> that assumes you're in ventral vagal, right? <laughs> that assumes I'm in ventral vagal. And the other two boundaries are what get me there. Okay, cool. Right. So you have your psychological boundary, which is that difference between you and me. It's the air you guys were talking about, right? The other one is a containing boundary. And that one's my boundary that says this behavior is okay. This is where healthy shame came in. I was listening to you guys' interview with Steve Finn the other day, and I was loving what he was talking about, about guilt being healthy shame. Right. So the contain, I know when I violated my containing boundary because I feel guilty, which is healthy shame. There's a problem when you don't have enough shame from that perspective. I want to have a containing boundary because not everything my little inner four-year-old wants to do is appropriate as an (laughs) adult human being. (laughs) Sometimes she wants to slam doors and throw (laughs) tantrums or go... Right. <laughs> totally. Totally.
3: Well, even just you saying that not everything that my four year old wants to do is appropriate. Like that's about that's a containing boundary. That's a containing boundary. Yeah. Yeah. That's a containing boundary. And then we have there psych- was a part of me, my four year old that wanted to put my fingers in my ears and go,
0: that's not true. Right. No, 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 no. I'm not hearing you. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yeah. then and then you have your psychological boundary, which is that space where your truth and my truth are allowed to be different. And because of that, that allows me to be more connected to you. Can you say more about that? Yeah, here's a metaphor that was co-created with me and a client some years ago and now I've shared it with so many clients and I've shared it with my interns who train with me and they're coming back reporting, my clients are coming back reporting, wow, this image really works. Oh, I love those. And so I'm gonna share it, there's absolutely no research behind this (laughs) other than the fact that we know actually from a right brain perspective that when you really tap into an image A full meaning system can be accessed instantaneously. So that's why imagery work works so well for a lot of people. So this is just another piece of imagery work. So we'll lean into that science for this one. Perfect. Yeah. So imagine a jello wall. It's a wall made of jello. Mine is pink and sparkly. Make yours whatever color you want. And it's as thick as my arm. It's really huge. And the job of the jello wall is to stop and slow down all of the input coming at me. And I get, because it's slow, I get to ask two questions. One is, is this true or not true? And the other is, is this about me or not about me? And when I slow down and let me ask myself those questions, a lot of times what's happening is when, let's say, my partner or my daughter, my kid is four years old. She says things like, "Mommy, I hate you and I want a new family." You know, she's angry. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's when you need like four jello. That's walls. when I need four jello walls, and I and I have my jello wall, and I can say true or not true. Does she right. really want a new family? No, she doesn't really want a new family. Which is already She's calmed her body. Mm-hmm. She's mad. She doesn't know how to say, Mommy, I'm mad at you about this thing you said. She doesn't like the TV being turned off, for example. Right? So there's that piece around true or not true. And about me, not about me. When she says, I hate you when I want a new family, is that actually about me? Right. Or is that about her expressing an internal state in herself? And the thing is, is if it's not true, and it's not about me, I kick it back out. And it never touches my heart. And because it never touches my heart, I don't have to defend against it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And it allows my husband or my best friend or, or my client to have a very different view of the world without it hurting me. And because it doesn't hurt me, I can lean in. Oh, I totally get it, that if you have a good,
3: solid, strong boundary that's out there enough that that actually keeps you safe, mm-hmm. then you can keep your heart open inside that's that boundary. Right. But when things are coming through, I always right. think of a garden fence, yes. you know what I mean? And, you know, I can invite people in or out or ask them to leave or, right, right that there's right. some sort of modulation. But within that, then all these little new sprouts, you know, like you can have the vulnerability because yes. all the only person that's in there is somebody that's going to take care of right. You know, it's going to be safe. Right. But without the boundary, then, yes. you know, that's when you have the prickly pear cactuses and stuff going on. Because right. now I have to protect myself. And there's I don't have that protection out there.
0: Is that kind of right. the general yes, idea? Yes, that is the yes. general idea. And that leads me to this thought about... What happens if you, the gardener on the inside, is not safe for you?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. I actually this think- is the part where I got super excited about having you on.
0: <laughs> yes, because I think actually of this. So let me talk about it from a left-brained way for a second so that everybody listening can wrap their heads around this from a scientific perspective before I move into more of a experiential explanation. And, and before
3: we do that, do you want to or shall I say just one or two sentences about what she means when she says left brain? Oh, go ahead. Left brain
0: is the linear, logical, linguistic, typically literal. Yes. um, And one of the things to think about with the left brain is that it's past and future focused. So it's actually not centered in the here. It's not in the moment. It's worried about what happened to me before and what's about to happen to me next. It's It's very. It's very predicting. It's super predicting. It's anticipatory. Yeah, and left brain loves logic. Because left brain loves the words that start with the letter L. (laughs) It's the Excel spreadsheet. So the logical version is we're kind of built like a computer or rather we built a computer kind of like us, which is a parallel processing system. And that's how I can breathe and my heart can beat and I can still have this conversation with you guys. So I have lots and lots of neural networks, constantly active. And sometimes they're in communication with each other and sometimes they're not. That's the left brain explanation. The right brain explanation, and by right brain we mean that's the jazz music. It's wordless. It's our autobiographical self. Yes, We're abstract.
2: You're it can find do both. The, and the emotional. It's here and kind of now. Here and now.
0: Mm-hmm. So that brain is where the self is located. Exactly. The sense of the self is absolutely right dominant, and so when we're in that more right brain mode, the right brain doesn't like this whole logical version of it. And it kind of experiences the world in more of a metaphorical way. And so it doesn't think of us having neural networks. It thinks of us as having inner people Hmm. or inner characters. Mm -hmm. Some, some of my clients, and this is true for me as well. Not all my parts are people. Some of my parts are like octopi and things, but it's usually got a lot of imagery in it. It's usually got a sense of its own voice, a sense of its own character. So I think about using the containing boundary and the psychological boundary, that jello wall, between myself, my true self, and my inner parts as well. So sometimes I'll hear a voice that says, Jules, you're stupid. Why on earth is anybody inviting you on a podcast? And I listen to that inner voice and I think true or not true? About me, not about me. And the truth is no, that's not true. And it's about protecting some little vulnerable part that's afraid of sounding dumb or being embarrassed and all the different moments of embarrassment i've ever had in my life and afraid of reigniting those and so it's not really about who i am now it's about protecting a little being who i was and at some point had some moment of embarrassment or had some moment of looking stupid and was left alone and so there was a little moment of trauma Hmm. because i define trauma as overwhelm plus alone Put them together and you get trauma. So there's these little moments of trauma. Some are big, some are teeny tiny, right? And all those internal voices that are trying to shame me are really about protecting those, which isn't me. It's not the fullness of who I am now. It's just something I experienced at some point. I like when
2: you're saying that about the jello wall helping you, because I think when we started off talking about the idea of boundaries being threatening, Mm -hmm. and it it feels like as you're talking about this, what you're doing is it feels boundaries being protective. It's this idea, it's not about the boundary being about keeping someone else out because they're dangerous. That's kind of what a boundary sounds like. I have to keep you out because you're dangerous. And what I hear you saying in that is that, that jello wall and those two questions give you that that space a little bit to reflect and be in your own system. Yes. So it's, it's a boundary to be able to connect to yourself. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And it allows me to really lean in because I feel like I have protection. Right. My heart is protected. If you're upset with me, uh-huh. let's say I did something. Let's say I really did something that was really hurtful and you were trying to express that to me. Well, that boundary allows me to really lean in because my heart is protected enough that my relationship with you is now really important, right? Because right. my protectors don't want a relationship with you, I'm very sorry to say. <laughs> my protectors want to keep little parts of me safe, right. the more vulnerable parts. It's my whole brain. It's my integrated brain. It's my adult self that wants a relationship with you. And it's my little ones who are in exile back there who want relationship with you. My protectors are so afraid that my jello wall isn't there mm-hmm. that they think they have to act. But if they see the jello wall, so here's another trick. I can have a jello wall between me and my partner. And then I might have a, rea- a an interaction with my partner that's just slightly more successful than the last time we had a fight. Let's just imagine for a moment, because you're not going to get it right away. It takes practice. It takes like... 3 months of really concentrating on this image for oh. it to take hold in a way where you can see <laughs> yeah. the world like Neo and the bullets are coming towards <laughs> you and you can pick them out of the air <laughs> right but let's imagine for just a moment that That's you That's an awesome image actually. I mean, I'm thinking about him
3: going backwards and it going over his head and- Exactly. <laughs> Wonder Woman actually. We should have voted totally. Wonder, Woman. Wonder Woman. She too. could do it. Oh, she with she a flip of totally her arms. Yeah, yes. but also just like psh- she yes. Get out of the way and let it roll right by.
0: Exactly. For those
2: of you that can't see Sue, she's sort of leaning, <laughs> leaning
3: back
0: and you can see watching the bullet the just. Bullets. <laughs> the bullets <laughs> are slow by. motion going by my head. So, in order to be able to do that, that takes a little bit of practice. But let's imagine for a moment I had an interaction with a friend or a colleague or a partner or my kid. And instead of doing my normal thing, which was to shut down and withdraw immediately, that's my go to or if I was more of a fighter, to raise my voice or lose it right away. Instead of doing that, my jello wall was intact enough that I had three more seconds of a pause than normal, and I was able to lean in and ask one more question than I normally could. And then maybe after that, it went all to hell. Still, it was better. And I can actually, after that moment, ask my protectors to look at what I'm practicing. I can ask them to pay attention this moment I actually was not in that much pain. And this jello wall thing really helped. And they'll start backing off more and more. So I can have them look at this practice. And I can also have my jello wall exist between my selfhood, my full adult integrated brain, and my voices that learned from lots of experiences, how to protect me in ways that are maybe the the cost-benefit analysis doesn't weigh out.
3: Well, and I love the way you're talking about it too because it's so non-shaming. Because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll beat ourselves up or we'll be really hard on ourselves. Right. And then we get a little bit of therapy and then we get mad at that part that's beating ourselves totally. up, right?
0: Uh-huh. Uh, we I tell start, all my clients, don't beat yourself up and then don't beat yourself up for beating yourself exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> don't, don't judge the judger. <laughs> right, exactly. In fact, I have great gratitude. I have so much gratitude for our shaming parts because they really are trying to help us. And so I think there is some thing about shifting our perspective towards them. Oh, these are like my teenager parts that learned how to get scrappy. They can get scrappy with me like they can get scrappy with everybody else.
3: I think that's great. And I'm also just also hearing kind of some of your examples, because as you said, like the visual is really helpful. And so you're, sh- you're being so generous and sort of sharing some of your own process. But I'm hearing age differences. Yes. That's one way that you're differentiating them. Yes. And then you mentioned animals. And that's a very familiar concept to me. When I do ideal parent protocol, yeah. like when people can't find that ideal parent, it's much easier to access it through sort of the animal kingdom and yeah. things like that. So it's
0: octopi. is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hold them and we want to teach those internal parts how to have a containing boundary. So our younger, more hurt parts are more likely to flood and our protector parts are more likely to shut you down or shut me down. Right. So our protectors are all about stopping this process at any cost at any cost i can actually have a client turn inwards and let's say they're getting flooded and we we've done enough work at this point that we understand oh that's coming from this moment where there was abuse in your past we've done enough work we have identified that okay can you just come up with a picture of yourself from that moment even if you can't remember it a photograph like a, a visual v- image. A visual image. And then mm-hmm. to turn inside and see if you can place that visual image of yourself somewhere in your body. And then place a hand on that part of your body. And just say, I see you. Honey, honey, hold on. Just breathe for a second. And I'm going to offer her, my little inner child, the skills just like I would offer my four-year-old girl. I'm just going to touch her, you know, with kids. Me explaining why right. it doesn't, the you No, know, it's not, not logical <laughs> to lose your crap right now. <laughs> that doesn't work. Right. But if I can, instead, I hold my daughter. I have skin to skin contact with her. I hug her. I say, it's going to be okay. It's not going to last forever. It's all right. Just breathe all your air out. Don't ever worry about the in-breath, people. Breathe the air out. (laughs) Right. So when we do that, and I have this moment of touching in turn, just saying, I see you, hon. It's okay, just breathe. I'm teaching my inner parts to have a containing boundary, just like I would teach my four-year-old self. And I don't have a teenager yet because my daughter's so young. You guys can talk more about how to do containing boundaries with teenagers. But teaching my... More protective parts to have containing boundaries is much more like talking to a teenage self.
3: Did you notice, Anne, how she would flip in and out between talking to yourself and yes. your young selves? Yes. W- and your daughter. Yes. And I, I find that when people sometimes it's very hard to access the kindness towards me, towards themselves, mm-hmm. right? But boy, if you ask them about their child, mm-hmm. it, yeah. they can.
0: Feel it right away. Yeah, And I have clients who can't do that because they don't have kids or they're not in close relationships like that, but they can do it with an animal or they can do it with a plant that they're growing in their house. Right. What's something that
2: evokes that part of you in the, yeah. and so that holding that part. And what I, for the listeners, she's putting her hand physically on the heart and you can see that. And so it's that containing part. And I like what you were saying earlier, just to bring it back, that in being able to give that younger self a sense of being attended to and comforted that younger self then develops, you are really healing that younger self in that process. It's not just a moment by moment. managing. You're not just managing because through the touch, what you're doing is you're healing. And you're saying that that's the part, that inner part to say, Oh wait, just because what my husband or wife just did is so triggery to me. I think so often in partnerships or in any relationship, mother, child, that the anticipation of the threat is so scary that our protector mode has to come out faster. And I think what I hear you saying is by tending to that younger part, then that younger part feels calmer and not as threatened in general right. when that outside activity starts happening.
0: Right. And really what I'm offering is a disconfirming experience.
2: Yes.
0: It's, it's yeah. a mismatch between Uh what that part of me experienced. Because one of the things, the reason they're so overwhelmed is because they were alone, Mm -hmm. right? Preventing trauma in each other and our kids is actually really, really easy to do. What we need is to not leave leave people alone.
3: You mean not leave them alone with their feelings? With with their their feelings feelings in that moment. Right, Right. that's right.
0: Right, right. So, it's true no matter what kind of trauma you're talking about, but if you have a moment of connection immediately after something was overwhelming, your body will begin to make a coherent narrative of it, and because of that it won't get stored in only implicit memory. It'll get stored in explicit memory as well. And now it just becomes a part of my whole story and not something that's going to pop up and overwhelm me.
3: Yeah, not a fragmented piece. Right. Mm -hmm. So our brains,
0: our right prefrontal cortex, uh, for those of you who don't know, is actually one of the weightier parts of our brain. So it's actually way bigger on the right side than it is on the left side. And one of the things that our bodies have evolved to do is to utilize our ability to share each other's nervous systems in order to contain what is uncontainable in a single nervous system. And that right prefrontal cortex is all the neuron juice that's needed to do that very big job is mm-hmm. to feel the edge between you and me and the connection between you and me at the same time.
2: I think that point you're making is so essential to what we're talking about. So I, I kind of want to talk about, kind of slow it down just a little sure. bit, for, so that people can take a little time to absorb that. Yeah, because what I hear you talking about is that the individual nervous system isn't meant to survive no, alone. No, 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 and we can't. We can't. And we when, are vulnerable little bodies, and when we feel alone, especially in an intense traumatic moment that that in and of itself the, the aloneness is what's a threat it's not just the trauma but the aloneness because our body says that's not safe right
0: in group we actually think we can handle just about anything yes and but we, on our he, own we can't we
2: can't so we we need each other's system that's we right. need a co-regulatory system right and so what i hear you saying which is really beautiful is that you can be also your own co-regulatory system that's right yeah. yeah. Can, by putting So in hands. our
0: grown-up brains, once mm-hmm. I have that whole prefrontal cortex totally developed, then mm-hmm. I now have a relational system inside myself where I don't have to feel alone, even in moments when technically there's nobody around.
3: So I've been using AG1 now for over six months, which for me is amazing. I forget things a lot, but I make sure to make an effort to keep taking this and to do it regularly because it gives me all the good things. First and foremost, we keep hearing about gut biome and how important it is to mood and stress and all kinds of things. And I haven't quite known what to do about my gut biome. (laughs) So AG1 is my answer. It has quality vitamins, whole food sourced superfoods probiotics and adaptogens which calm down your overeager stress response system. I like that the ingredients are tested by a third party to ensure that what they say is what you get. I feel good about recommending that you try it and I encourage you to keep taking it if you already are on board. Go to athleticgreens.com/therapist uncensored. be sure and use that link because for our listeners you'll get a free year supply of vitamin B and free travel packets for you to be able to take the superpower on the road. That's athleticgreens.com slash uncensored. And so all of you, if you've been following some of the history of the podcast, I was thinking about people that are on the more avoidant, dismissive, blue side of things. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and that we can fight this. Like the, our whole survival is based on not knowing that we need exactly the thing that you're describing so sweetly. And the need itself can be its own threat yes Mm -hmm. um so this can get so complicated but like once we get that buy-in of like oh this is what i need right then now this is a downhill thing right but sometimes there's this first thing of yes everyone listening right now (laughs) uh that we are social beings and it doesn't matter if you don't have friends or if you're not partnered or anything like that that we still need this co-regulatory
0: system and with Myself, I know this is true in my own therapeutic history and with some of my clients who I work with. I work with a lot of people who are more on that blue side. Sometimes developing really conscious relationship with these good boundaries, containing boundaries and good psychological boundaries within my own system is needed before it feels safe enough to admit that I have the need for others. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you can start with you. And start with building your relationship with you and your internal voices or Mm -hmm. neural networks or parts or people, whatever language works for you.
3: And if anybody is a little bit lost with our use of colors and things like that, there are three episodes, episodes 59, 60, and 61 from season two that really go into a lot more detail so that we won't do it again here, but we'll talk about the attachment system, which is deeply tied to the regulatory system that you can hear Jules talking about. And we've mentioned the word ventral vagal. We also have other podcasts about the polyvagal system, and we're going to do some more soon. But earlier, you know, when I had said, well, that sounds really good, but you're in ventral vagal. And what, what about when? Right. Right. You know, I was actually had this idea. What do we throw her some examples? And, <laughs> and so whatever the example, I don't know what the example in this one, but, but it's something where that you're not in your regulated self. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: So, so, so we can talk about, you've mentioned three different types mm-hmm. of boundaries. I love what we're talking about we're, we're talking about how boundaries have a lot to do with what's going on in your own internal system. It's not just blocking out the threat. Yes and being aware of your own internal threats and safety. And then we're talking about in relationships, how do you have boundaries? Mm-hmm. Like you said, the external boundaries the psychological the containing. So I mm-hmm. let's let's throw some examples out of her. And what, uh, I love it. And I'll talk quiz. about, <laughs> oh, talk
3: about, well, and then we'll have you narrate through what happens. Yes. Right. Well, I guess one of the example you were
2: talking about, you and your husband having this dialogue about parenting right. and you were able to co-regulate and kind mm-hmm. of get down to it. What happens when you've got your jello wall and you're saying, "Is it about me?" but the answer is "Yes, because yes. because you're, and is you're, it isn't true? Yes. yes because your yes. husband or your or your wife is saying, "You know you I don't know what would be the example like, okay here's here's, really one, dead, here's yeah. one here's one. here's one. Yeah.
0: I am terrible at turning on my cell phone. I have the ringer off constantly having one's phone is just easier for me. So I never turn my ringer on because who knows who's calling me in this moment. My poor husband, he can never get a hold of me. I feel so bad. And I try to remember, I won't always remember to turn the ringer back on, but I try to remember at the end of work to call him or text him and let him know I'm on my way home. Do you need anything? Sort of make contact. What happens if for like three weeks in a row, I totally forget, which has totally happened? <laughs> <laughs> he has every right to come to me with a little bit of a complaint and say, you know, we talked about you being unreachable. Is there some way you could be reachable? We've talked about this and you're not doing it. Wah. So I look at that and I say, true or not true? True <laughs> about me, not about me, about me. Well, that should make it in. And then, if everything's going really well with my internal dialogue,
3: right, where you don't fall into your horrible right. So person, let's well let's like let's
0: say I did for a second. Yeah. Let's say I went into a total shame attack because I've got lots of that internal core shame stuff going on. Let's say I go into an internal shame attack in that moment, and my protectors want to defend against it. This is not that big a deal. I'm never home that late. I don't know why you're worried. Let me talk you out of your worry. You guys know how that goes. Totally. Right. So instead of that, in that moment, I identify the little part of me that's having the shame attack. It's flooding. And she's going, we're terrible. See, I don't even know why he's married to me. I don't deserve him. Right. She's doing this thing. And I have a really good jello wall between me and her. And I say, true or not true about me not about me and i'd say nope not true not about me but it is about this internal sense that it's really hard for her to remember that when we do something that's wrong it doesn't mean i am wrong it's really hard for her to remember he's upset
3: with you and you can see his he's activation totally and And he
0: has every right to be mm -hmm. and she's sitting there and she can't remember the difference between i am bad and i did bad so my first job is or to Or that hold, he's bad. Or that he's bad, right. right. Well, Those that's eyes my teenager like he's self. Bad. Yeah. My teenager self says he's making a big deal out of nothing, mm-hmm. i.e. blame. Mm-hmm. And my internal little part is saying, ah, mm-hmm. right? So now I need to I've contain both of them. Yeah. So I loved, you guys did a segment not that long ago, I think, on pausing in order to do emotional regulation first stop and do the opposite what you guys are talking about is containing your protectors i loved it i was Mm -hmm. like yay we're talking about (laughs) containing protectors so first i have to stop that teenager part from saying you're worried about nothing Mm -hmm. don't be ridiculous Mm -hmm. right all the judgment and because i'm a marriage and family therapist i'm good enough not to say it out loud but i totally think it and it's not like he can't tell. All so right. <laughs> so hopefully what I'm going to do is first I'm going to approach her that protector part of me that's saying don't worry and hold her back and say wait a second the judgment isn't helpful here hon. I totally get it you're f- afraid for this other one but don't worry I got this. Then I go to the little one and remind her oh, we didn't learn this early on But it's true. Being bad, doing bad, different. And so are you actually doing this? I'm actually doing this in my mind. But because I've practiced so much, now it happens like lightning. In the beginning, it took like five minutes. I had to go, hold on, babe. Time out for a sec. Let me go do the thing so that I can approach you in a way that works. But now it's so rapid. I could do the teeniest little thing like, and I just touched my heart and touched her in my mind's eye and just reminded her doing something that's wrong or hurt somebody is not the same as being bad. And I've worked that mantra so many times now that it feels like lightning fast, right? So I, I touch that little part of me. My protector feels safe, can step back. And now I can lean into him and say, you know what? You're totally right. We, you are right to be angry. And I am really sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping Any, I'm dropping you. I'm dropping you. Yeah. And I will do better. Mm-hmm. And that... And then, because I can feel it in my body. Right. I allowed myself to feel it. Yeah. That's right. Then, right. The feel that you've yay. affected him. Then, well, we don't change our behavior without the emotional juice. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't they think of my way him, into changing. You had to take him in. I had yeah. to take him in. I had to feel the healthy shame part that's going to actually allow me to change that behavior and remind me oh yeah I need to pay more attention to being with him and this need to know where I am is totally fine and normal because there's a part of me that says why do you need to know where I am but of
3: course he does he's my person Somebody asks you to do something that uh, let's say former client mm-hmm. you don't have any room on your caseload don't have any room. but you love this client love it and they're like hey you know and they do all the things really to, to yes i re- there's it's it's urgent mm-hmm. and i know you said you weren't accepting clients on your voicemail that was already out <laughs> or you mm-hmm. know but i really would love for you to make an exception for me
0: yeah okay so whew. I throw up my jello wall first and say, true or not true, about me, not about me. This client has an urgent need, true or not true. Well, I actually don't know. Right. I know that they are they're communicating persuading it, to persuading me yeah. that they're urgent, that that's urgent. I don't know if that's true or not. So I'm in an I don't know there. Can you make an exception for me? Uh, no. I have to get some clarity. Around, do I really have any wiggle room here? No. Okay. About me, not about me. This goes back to this idea that boundaries have nothing to do with whether you love someone or not. I know we're not, as therapists, supposed to talk about love. Oh, we talk about it all the but time. But I Don't talk worry about, about it. <laughs> it all the time. It just happens. I do. I love my clients. And so let's say, I totally love this client. This boundary, I have to remind myself in my mind's eye, oh, This has nothing to do with whether you love someone or not, right? And then, okay, here's another little one I give to people. I say this mantra to myself because this is so true. It's not my job to take care of their feelings. It's actually respectful and benevolent for me to allow an adult human being to process their own emotion.
3: So we're going to pull that out and put it in big letters on our show notes because that's awesome
0: and benevolent, right? I don't get to control other people. If I were to cross that boundary, what's actually happening is I'm going to control your feeling. Mm -hmm. Yes. That dance is about me not feeling bad and not feeling guilty by controlling whether you are disappointed in me or not. That's right
3: that's right so really it's actually it's caretaking it's actually
0: caretaking little parts of me right so if i can take care of them really well so now watch i'm going to turn it inwards and i'm going to go there's a part of me that loves to be needed that really wants to say yes i'm going to take care of her there's a part of me that doesn't want to do anything wrong ever i'm going to take care of her there's a part of me who wants to be able to not have the vulnerability of humanity and have any limits at all and he's very big and strong and he doesn't like to say that anything will ever happen that's bad they all want to say yes to this so i have to do a really good job of being compassionate and listening connect first redirect second with every little internal pardon me first then i can call this client back and say i totally hear your urgency I hear how much you need to come in. I cannot do it. Here are three referrals.
3: High five on that one. That's rough. I love you walking us through the process. And part of what you had to do was you identified the different urges, like a impulses to action. And also takes us to this notion of caretaking as really selfish, actually.
0: Actually, caretaking is totally selfish. Yeah. It's yeah. all about trying caring to control, not caring for other people. Right. But we but managing don't their get to control emotion. other people. That's right. Period.
3: And you know what it makes me think of too is kids... And how how often we screw them up (laughs) by doing things like be nice to them. Oh, well, I know that, you know, you didn't want to invite them and that, you know, that we instruct actually to not listen to ourselves and to not take care of
0: ourselves. And this is one thing that, again, Adam and I, Adam's my husband's name, have had discussions about and I get really passionate about when we talk about it because we're raising a little girl. And I think we teach little girls lots of terrible yeah. things. If she doesn't
3: want grandpa to hug her.
0: Right. Even exactly. if it hurts grandpa's feelings. Exactly. What if we're saying goodbye to Nana and grandpa? And in that moment, she doesn't want to hug goodbye. And this happens all the time. And I am a big advocate for saying that's okay. <laughs> and I'm not going to take care of Nana and grandpa's feelings because how about, and that's, a, hi- how about a high five? How yeah. about a high five? And that doesn't mean we don't say goodbye. Right. That's right. It doesn't mean we're not respectful. I'm not going to No. We we are in a family. We're going to say goodbye. And if hugging doesn't feel good to you right now, what will feel good to say goodbye?
2: Yeah. Rather than we really honor the relational connection, which honors both the self and the needs of the other that both are included. Okay, so wait. Another example, Jules. We're giving you examples, and I want to test another one out your way. So let's let's, let's take a, a different direction here. So you know, when your husband approached you with that issue, from your description, mm-hmm. he sounded pretty darn reasonable, pretty calm, cool, collected. He was doing great. But let's just suppose
0: he did. <laughs> he's awesome. a little red. Let's say he's a little red. Let's say he's red. Yeah. yeah. So he's a little preoccupied. He's not, by the way. We're both blue. Right. But right. Right. R- Let's imagine he is red. Right. Or he's not even just red, but he's, he's upset. No,
2: actually, let's just get away from your relationship. Let's think more abstractly. Oftentimes, when people have been together for years, we've talked about how our brains are just predicting machines so that we're very familiar with what we imagine our spouse or our child are going to do, and that can breed threat really quickly And we often aren't so calm, would we all agree, you know? I can guarantee there are listeners out there saying there is no way my partner would come to me so nicely and reasonably. Even with one person stopping to take time to try to even generate the jello mold, that that in itself could feel like some kind of a threat.
3: Where have you been?
2: Or even in a reasonable, at least reasonable to one person's mind, question like, where have you been? that can be felt by the other as an inquisition or some implied judgment, which actually says, you let me down constantly. And so we're already feeling our own activation.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. I
2: know there's people out there. Like, I don't think that's going to, that's, they're going to respond like that. No. No, totally.
0: Totally. And you're, and you're right. So let's, let's imagine that they're coming at me hot. Right. This is where the jello wall is the most important thing in the world to have, because if I have it and he's shouting, you never call. I say, true or not true. And I not true. not true. Right. And is it true? I haven't called lately. Yes, that's true. I let that in. Right. So you can do it with this nuanced thing. So he's raising his voice. Is that about me? or not about me. It is not about me. I'm gonna keep that on the other side of this. I'm not gonna let that in as a personal attack. I'm gonna let that in as information about what's going on with him. That's not about me, that's about him. Does that make sense? And so I can say things like, I totally get why you're upset. I cannot talk to you while you're yelling. Let's take a pause.
3: Love it, because what it immediately <laughs> I let does in that little
0: bit—that's right. Well, I and did something
3: bad, and it keeps you engaged in this co-regulation process, right? So he's actually he needs something in that moment from you, even though he's not articulating it well, right? But you can, by you keeping yourself safe enough mm-hmm. and not hoovering in mm-hmm. the fear of yeah. the eyes or yeah. the tone of voice or what have you. Now you're more social. Basically, your neural system is a little bit, it stays intact enough to be able to use your voice and your eyes and your words to help give him something right there and then
0: in the moment of what he needs too. Yes. And Mm -hmm. still maintain a boundary where it's actually not okay for you to yell at me. Right. So I'm going to take a pause. Right. Of course, if you
2: can't even figure out Is it true? Not true. Is it about me? Not me. Because you're just so overstimulated and activated and you don't have the space.
0: Yeah. And sometimes we need the space. I call it relational Mm jujitsu. Jujitsu is that form of martial arts where you help the person's throwing a punch and you actually utilize their energy to help sweep them away from your body. It's the same kind of thing. It's relational jujitsu. And that's all about being able to stay on regulated on my side of the net. Right. So this guy, Terry real, who I absolutely love a couples counselor. Who's fabulous. Talks by the way, we have him scheduled for a podcast soon. So yay, everybody tune into that one. He's so great. So he talks about being in a couple, like being in tennis match. And If I am in a tennis match and I run over your side to tell you how to hit the ball better, that's not going to work out so well. And if I throw down my racket and run away, that's not going to work so well. Right. I can't control what's happening on the other side of the net. All I can do is control what's happening on my side of the net. And the more I do that, the more I'm able to stay in relationship with you, even if you're the one having a bad day. And you're able to stay with me if you're doing that same work, even if I'm the one having a bad day. So some days, great day for me, hard day for my relationship, hard day for you. Some days, great day for you, great day for me, great day for relationship.
3: And part of how that works just is that if I'm looking across the net and I see that I'm like overshooting it and, and hitting the but- net and just screwing up, right? Yes. But I see you super calm and just ready to get the ball if I ever get it across. <laughs> totally. <laughs> then it's going to calm my body down yeah. so that whatever's going on that I'm freaking out to begin with, again that's this neuroception that like I'm going to just naturally yes. uh, begin to Wi-Fi sync with you. Mm-hmm. And so you're. it's a very strong position to not be getting mad because i can't get the ball over the net or that i'm tossing it at you too hard or whatever the problem is right but that you're just dealing with your side of the street and as i look over there like all is well in the world and now i want to come to you or i want to use because
0: the truth is i love you like crazy why on earth would i want to bring anything other than my best self unless i'm so triggered i need to turn inwards and take care of me that's great
3: Love it. You guys, you, you, everybody's getting some fantastic therapy. And how about we go over one last time? Just just name the three. Sure. Um, you got your external
0: boundary. boundary. That's the, I don't want to talk to you when you're raising your voice at me. Great. External boundary. Or I'd love to see you, but I can't. But I can't. I can't right now. Right. Right. Yeah. Or I can't ever. That's possible. Right. Or it's the concept of having to say no. It's the concept of having to say no to some. Thing, right? That's great. And then there's the psychological boundary. That's your jello wall. That's that separation between you and me, separation between true self and parts of self. And then you have your containing boundary, and that's the one that stops you from acting out. So if my containing boundary is in place and my partner is yelling at me, I will not allow myself to yell at them and I can use that containing boundary by teaching my internal parts to be more contained, to stand behind me, to trust my strong adult integrated brain to handle this. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. We're going to put
3: some of this in the show notes for sure, including the reference for the poem that Jules read. Oh yeah. That would be really fun. Yes, for sure. (laughs) And why don't you tell everybody if they're looking to reach you? Where, oh,
0: where they sure. Might find you. www.ipnbaustin.com. That stands for Interpersonal Neurobiology. And Julianne Taylor Shore is my name. And yeah, there's lots of good info on there. We've got a lot of therapists who work at IPNB Psychotherapy of Austin who are trained in this similar way. And,
3: and if you're local, you also do some trainings. You yes, training I do.
0: I do. So study groups and, and one-off trainings and consultation groups. Excellent. Jules, you are
2: such a great resource for us in Austin. You really are.
3: Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys. Oh, my gosh. How much fun is this? (laughs) This is awesome. You did fantastic. And I always get so much every single time that we interview somebody. But I was like, oh, this is That's why I said this is such great therapy. (laughs) It's
2: fantastic. Right. And for those of you that may have some comments about today's episode or something in the past or just some feedback,
3: or a request for future, we have a way of giving direct feedback, right, Sue? That's right. If you go to the website, which is therapistsuncensored.com, there's a little floating blue I did look in. We've been calling it all kinds of colors, but it's actually a blue button that you push, and you can leave a voicemail, and we will be able to hear your voice and even respond sometimes directly to you. And what we will be doing is incorporating some of this feedback on our show in the future. So be sure. And we would love to hear any thoughts, any challenges, your favorite takeaways from the episode today, and any more of what you want to hear about, and particularly for season three, like we're looking ahead for season three. So we'd love to hear your feedback on that. And in the meantime, as far as seeing what we're up to, the biggest thing you can do is go to Facebook and like us. That's a pretty active group that we're in. There's a private group, too, that you can ask to be a part of. And you'll hear about things coming from there. Right.
2: Thank you, Jules. Thanks, guys. And thanks for all of you for joining us.
1: Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson.